Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us on another episode of PA Insights with NCCPA. I'm your host, Jeff Boswell, and in this episode, we talk with NCCPA Senior Director of Communications, Erica Banks, on NCCPA's inaugural Represent Summit, which is focused on increasing diversity in the PA profession. Then we talk with NCCPA Health Foundation Board Chair Todd Allen on the Health Foundation's new Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Grant, as well as the other grants they have available to certified PAs and PA students. And finally, we'll answer some questions we've received about the new Panry LA. So let's get started. I'm excited to start the podcast off discussing one initiative NCCPA is undertaking to address increasing the diversity of the PA profession. Later in 2022, NCCPA will host the very first Represent Summit. Joining us today to share more information about this important step is our Senior Director of Communications, Erica Banks. Welcome, Erica. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you having me on. Well, it's great to have you on to share this because uh, this has been something that has been buzzing around the halls here at NCCPA for a while now, and you have such a depth of knowledge. So to start off, I'd love for you to share with the audience how this idea for the Represent Summit came about and, and all of those evolutionary things that were taking place behind the scenes to create the Represent Summit. Well, Jeff, one of the wonderful services that NCTPA provides is its research. I'm not sure how many people are aware of the fact that we have an excellent research team that puts out quarterly reports. And if you follow those reports, you'll see that in one of the recent ones, um, only 13.3% of PAs belong to a racial minority group, and that's a 7.63% decrease from 2013. So this data really stands out when it's contrasted with the increasingly diverse demographic makeup of the U.S. With that in mind, there's support for the notion that increasing racial and ethnic uh, diversity among uh, healthcare providers will provide minority patients with more choices and better experiences with care processes, including positive affect, uh, longer visit duration, higher patient satisfaction, and better participation in care. When we think about those things, we want to make sure that we are meeting the needs of the patients. That's our primary goal here at NCCPA. We want to make sure that we're doing all that we can to diversify the profession. And one way to do that is to have a convening of PAs from a cross-section of the United States to really discuss this issue and to determine the path forward and how we can increase diversity, um, equity, and inclusion within the profession. Those research reports you're talking about absolutely show a glaring need uh, for deeper diversity within the profession. Uh, but this name represent, the Represent Summit, uh, how did that come into being? Well, when we say represent, what we're really talking about is representation. And so it's about having a seat at the table. It's about feeling seen. It's about having your viewpoint um, or your identity even depicted in a part of the larger conversation. And is there a, a long-term goal you're really looking at here, uh, or we are as NCCPA in terms of uh, long-term goals uh, for this summit? As far as long-term goals, again, you know, we're really looking towards uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're looking to take a look at the numbers that we currently have, which is 13.3% of PAs belonging to an ethnic or racial minority group, and looking to increase those numbers. Long-term, we would like to see year-over-year increase. By what percentage point at this point, we're not sure, but we would like to see improvement in those numbers and hopefully get to a point to where we're on par with the, the U.S. population in terms of its uh, ethnic and racial makeup. This is our first summit. We're not sure yet, you know, if this 
will continue or what the cadence will be, if it'll be an annual event or if it will be something that we do every few years. But we're really hopeful and excited about this opportunity to convene PAs from across the country, from all different backgrounds, to really talk about this issue and to to really have like a combine and, you know, an understanding of what we're, we're going to do, what we're all capable of doing in order to affect change in this area. Especially when you're talking about gaining some traction and starting to see those numbers tick in an upward direction. It was kind of really disheartening, honestly, to hear about, you know, diminishing numbers in the diverse population of the profession. So if, if there was any way just to reverse that and start to see that trend line point up, I think that that uh, would give a lot of hope and be a real win for an initiative as this one is. Uh, so why is this an important initiative for NCCPA and, and why uh, us? Why NCCPA and not maybe another PA organization? I should say that everyone has a a stake in this. Everyone has an opportunity to affect change in this area. NCCPA is looking at the numbers and we're looking at the data. And we decided that it was time for us to take action, that we couldn't just stand by and watch that any longer. But that doesn't mean that it's exclusive to us. Everyone has a role to play in this. We're facilitating the meeting and facilitating the opportunity for folks to come together and to discuss this, but by no means is it exclusive to just us as an organization. Every organization, every PA, every member of the healthcare team has a role to play in this. Could you tell a little bit about the content of this first year of this summit? What are some of the topics that you're going to discuss or what are you going to kind of be seeding the ground with uh, in hopes of giving people some action items to maybe walk away with and see that upturn in diversity that we're all hopeful for? Absolutely. So we're still finalizing the agenda, but what I can tell you is on the menu is um, looking at this from a few different vantage points. So that of PA educators, that of clinically practicing PAs, that from PA leadership and, of course, PA students. Um, as well as employers, um, the folks that are employing, you know, PAs, um, whether it be in a, a faculty role or within a clinically practicing role. Um, but looking at it through those different lenses in kind of addressing the issues that are unique to each of those different tracks, right? So um, if we're talking about PA education or students, um, it's looking at, you know, how we can enhance cultural competency in those PA programs or how to promote inclusion in those programs. And the same thing for clinically practicing PAs and employers, um, enhancing cultural competency in the workplace and promoting inclusive leadership uh, principles in the workplace as well. Also, innovative approaches to program diversity, um, how to get the cohorts to be a bit more uh, diverse when you're looking at PA education and PA programs, um, the power of mentoring and fostering retention within these programs. And even when you become a clinically practicing PA, you still need that mentorship and you need, you know, um, that guidance to help you, you know, have a better experience in making the transition from being a student to being a clinically practicing PA and just the skills that you would need in order to be able to be successful in your role. Looking at how to assess the impact of um, PA workplace inequities on patient communities and making the connection there. Um, So those are just a few of the topics that we'll look into. Certainly there'll be more. I do think that this will be interesting. It's more than just defining the problem. It will be Uh, the opportunity for folks to really have a discussion and to really understand the issues and to come away with a plan of action for how they could affect change in their programs, in their communities, and in their workplace. And after hearing you go through that list of all the different types of, you know, whether it's PA programs or employers or even credentialers, it's a very complex issue. 
And I really want to let our audience really let that sink in and see how much this has been thought about, deeply thought about, and how well-crafted this event is and continues to be as we uh, evolve it even to a more refined position for later this year. With that, I just want to say thank you so much, Erica. This is such an exciting initiative for NCCPA and one that addresses such an important need of the PA profession. We appreciate you taking some of your time and talking with us about it today. We look forward to more announcements to come. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. And we'll be back with more PA Insights with NCCPA in just a moment. We're back and we're now joined by certified PA Todd Allen, who will be sharing with us how all certified PAs and PA students can make a difference in their communities with grant money from the NCCPA Health Foundation. Todd is joining the podcast from Idaho, uh, where he practices in psychiatry in three different settings. Todd also currently serves as the board chair for the NCCPA Health Foundation, and will pick his brain about his experience, the NCCPA Health Foundation's grant programs, including the introduction of a new grant, the annual funding cycle for the Health Foundation's largest grant, as well as the year-round programs the Health Foundation supports. So welcome, Todd. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me today. Really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, it's fantastic to have you. And before we get started, could you share a little bit uh, about your PA background, about yourself and, and your work? Currently, I actually work in psychiatry. I've, I've worked in psychiatry basically my entire career as, as a PA. Um, I do work at one of the two state mental hospitals in the state of Idaho, helping some of the most mentally ill patients in the entire state. Um, I also work at the Women's Correctional Center in the state of Idaho, helping um, inmates um, with their mental health needs. And I also have an outpatient clinic that I, that I do work at to help members of the community with their mental health issues as well. So I do stay uh, relatively busy in that regard. Absolutely. And in your spare time, tongue firmly planted in cheek, you're also the board chair for the NCCPA Health Foundation. How do you see the Health Foundation equipping certified PAs and PA students to make a big impact? The, the mission statement of the NCCPA Health Foundation is to advance the role of certified PAs to improve health. You know, we're really about trying to um, encourage and, and give people the opportunity to make an impact in their communities. Um, we really want to, to focus on uh, providing care for those people that need the most help. That means the, some of the medically underserved areas and, and some of those populations that might not have the care that would be available to, to other um, groups of, of individuals. So that's really what the, the NCCP Health Foundation is about, is helping to improve access to care for the population as a whole. That's so great because that's what I always hear from PAs and patients is the compassion level of the PA profession as a whole is something that really is a hallmark of the profession. And, and it's the NCCPA Health Foundation that certainly can provide these grant programs to offer resources that some, so many of these different initiatives may need. Uh, in order to get started. So it's great to have that. I hear the foundation has released a new diversity, equity, and inclusion grant. Could you tell us the details of that initiative, why it was created, and uh, what sort of activities will it support? Our new grant is the PA Step Up Grant. Step um, stands for Stand Together for Equity Within the Profession. And it, it is a $2,500 grant, and it really allows someone to focus on equity within our profession. The, the demographics have shown us 
that there's a huge misrepresentation um, of minorities within our profession. Um, we've kind of taken this stance or this approach that you cannot be what you cannot see. And so it really is about trying to focus on sharing knowledge about the medical profession with those underrepresented minority groups so that we can kind of start to diversify the profession as a whole. Um, and, and that's really kind of what this, uh, this grant is all about. And I was informed that even though we just released this um, particular grant not too long ago, apparently we already have our first applicant which is great because people are out there, they're aware of it. And, and once they see what this grant is available to do and, and how it can help them, um, I just really expect it to, to really gain a lot of traction and really grow um, out there. We really do anticipate that the, the money is going to be focused on, on sharing information about the profession with the, the underrepresented minority groups um, out there and maybe have the opportunity to go to some of the community schools in those areas and and do some education about the profession so that it really stimulates interest and desire in some of these younger people to look at going into the healthcare profession. That cannot be what you cannot see that you said at the top end of that answer. That that resonated with me, and I hope that echoes throughout all our listeners there because I do believe uh, what you're doing with this brand new grant can really uh, promote the profession in a way that that allows those underrepresented minorities to see themselves in the clinics, in the exam room, in the operating room where PAs work, and to your point, maybe even other healthcare providers out there and get those minds stimulated that, hey, that could be me too. Uh, the Health Foundation offers another larger grant. Could you talk about that grant program and maybe how it's different from some of the Health Foundation's other grants? We have the Kathy J. Peterson grant to promote equitable care. Um, this really is, this is the largest grant that the Health Foundation funds. It does have an application cycle. The cycle is open right now. It ends on June 2nd of, of this year. So if anybody's interested in that, they need to make sure that they get their application put in before um, the 2nd of June of this year. The grant is actually, it's a $5,000 grant. It, it is a competitive grant, um, meaning that we do take and compare it with criteria that has been established by the Health Foundation. We also compare it to other grant applications that have been submitted during the same cycle. It is intended to be used in areas such as public health um, and also in areas like health disparities. Some of our, our past grantees have done things like they developed new ways to come up with diabetes care. Um, they've even done some like boot camp type sessions or um, training where they go out and they do talk about the PA profession to some of these underrepresented minority groups and, and those kinds of things. This particular grant is open to PAs, PA organizations, PA students. I just want to take a minute and, and talk a little bit about where this grant came from. Um, the grant was actually part of an endowment that was given to uh, the Health Foundation from Don and Kathy Peterson, who were both PAs. They had a very strong belief in public health, and Kathy actually spent the majority of her career working in community health centers. And so um, the Health Foundation actually feels like we're very privileged um, that they actually came to us and said, you know, look, this is what we'd like to do. We want, we want to give you some money so that you can carry on basically our legacy. As Todd said, the application deadline all the way through June 2nd. So get those ideas going in your head. 
And I know the Health Foundation also has a couple other programs too, outside of the Kathy Peterson grant. Uh, we talked about the brand new DEI grant. Can you share some of those other grants for our listeners? The first one, this one's probably our most popular grant. Um, it is a $2,500 Be the Change grant. And it is intended to be uh, used to help address um, health disparities in your community. Like I said, it's the most popular one. That's the one that generates the most interest in as far as our applications are concerned. We also have a fairly new grant as well. It's the uh, $1,000 mental health um, outreach grant, which focuses on mental and behavioral health, as well as substance use um, disorders within a person's community. It's a great way for somebody to take a more active role in, in mental health in their community. This one is special to me because of the nature of what it is that I do for my career. We also have two oral health grants. Um, we have the $1,000 outreach grant, and we have a $3,000 integration grant. Oral health is one of the first things that the Health Foundation invested in. We wanted to make sure that, that we're continuing to show the importance of oral health and overall health. You can apply for any of these grants at any time. Um, when the grant application is submitted, our re review team goes and they review those, and they can award money at any time during the course of the year. We do encourage people to apply. If, you, if you're not ready to apply right now, that's fine. You can apply in a couple months because it is that open cycle. The only one that is not an open cycle is the Kathy Peterson, and the application deadline on that is the June 2nd of this current year. I think that's fantastic. Uh, do you have anything else that uh, PAs listening today should know about? I just want to encourage everybody to go to our, our website. Our, our website is nccpahealthfoundation.net. Look at our grants, see what it is that we have to offer. And I would encourage everybody to, to take that first step, apply for a grant. You never know, you might get some money to go out and make an impact in your community. Well, Todd, thank you so much for all those great words and for your time today. Yes, thank you very much for having me. And we'll have more PA insights within CCPA in just a moment. As you know, we recently announced the new permanent alternative to the traditional PANRI, the PANRI Longitudinal Assessment, or PANRI LA for short. There are a lot of PAs who are curious about what this new option for PANRI is all about, so they can decide which is better for them, the closed book one-day version that most have experienced, or this newly introduced and technology-forward option that assesses knowledge over time and is done outside of a testing center. For right now, let's just look at a couple basic questions that certified PAs are asking in CCPA about Panry LA, and those are who is eligible, and if I'm eligible, when can I begin the registration process for Panry LA? First, the eligibility piece. PAs who are currently certified and due for recertification in 2024, 2025, and 2026 are eligible to apply for the Panry LA administration that begins in January of 2023. PAs who are going through the process to regain their certification will not be eligible for Panry LA. So if you meet those two criteria, currently certified and are due to take Panry in 2024 to 26, the next logical question might be, when can I start the registration process for Panry LA? Those certified PAs can begin applying for their assessment in July of this year, so July 2022. Hopefully that simplifies things. I know those dates can kind of run together and seem complicated, but it's truly not. And if you have any questions, please call NCCPA at 678-417-8100 and talk to one of our information service representatives to guide you through it. 
You can find out more on our website, too, at nccpa.net. Just click the Maintain Certification link in the top row of the homepage, and once there, scroll down to the Panry LA FAQs. You'll have the chance to hear a more in-depth discussion on the Panry LA right here on PA Insights with NCCPA, including how it came to be, how the assessment will work, how it's scored, and much, much more on our next podcast episode. And we'd also like to invite you to be a part of that podcast. So send in your Panry LA questions to PR at nccpa.net, and you may hear your question answered on that episode. Well, that wraps up this episode of PA Insights with NCCPA. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at NCCPA CERT, on Instagram at NCCPA underscore CERT, and on Facebook and LinkedIn, where you'll find us under the National Commission on Certification of Physician Assistants. Also, if you like this podcast and want to make sure you don't miss an episode, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. We'd also appreciate you rating us and telling us how you enjoyed the show. A big thank you to our guests who joined us today and to all of you for listening. I'm Jeff Boswell. This has been PA Insights with NCCPA. We'll see you next time. <laughs>